Hello everyone, welcome to the Hormone Helper Podcast. I'm Coach Andrew, your Hormone Helper from Fit For All Fitness. I personally coach over 1,600 men and women to help better understand their hormones so they can lose weight and get their metabolism back on track. With this podcast, you're going to hear from me and my special guests about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss, and we even talk a little bit of sexy time as we chat to spread more knowledge thick like butter on your hormones. If you're ready to learn, I'm ready to share, so let's do this. And we're back with another awesome episode straight from science to your ears. This week's episode on cravings. It's very fitting for myself and that's because over the course of the weekend, I've had several family members openly talk about their struggle with cravings. It's a common misconception that one, cravings exist because it's something you want and two, that preventing yourself from having that thing is what causes the craving in the first place. As a people watcher and a coach, it interests me on what people people crave all the time. Although it's not always something food related either. Some people crave water, the ability to swim and move your body freely while floating in a motion current. Others crave connection, the ability to spend time with someone or in larger groups, perhaps feeding off their energy and laughter all while making stronger friendships. And of course, some people crave food, which is what we are going to chat about today. So let's find out what it means to have cravings and then talk about why you should aim to never have cravings because they're not so great. From a food perspective, there are many people who struggle with keeping their weight down. They have a hard time with snacking late at night or they overeat even though they aren't hungry. And what they end up doing is blaming their cravings. When I chat with people about their cravings, they say, I wouldn't overeat if I wasn't asking for it. I would be thinner if I could control myself and I wouldn't eat if I didn't feel that I need it. And I get that. When you feel compelled to make an action or to do something, you can't just pretend that feeling doesn't exist. If you do that, what happens is the urge for the craving actually becomes stronger. And once your willpower fades, of course, it becomes an all-out food fest. So how do we deal with these cravings? How can we in fact tell if they're even real? And are they the cause of our weight gain and our metabolism issues? I'll give you a few examples here. Just from this past week, I've also talked to two clients about cravings as well. And both of them had great stories that I wanted to share with you and talk with you through today. It's through these examples that I'm going to shed a little light on those craving types and really what we can chat about whether your cravings are hormonal or they're habitual. So the first client, first was a gentleman who owns his own online business, which means he spends long hours in front of a computer for work. Before working with me in my hormone reboot program, he spent a lot of time multitasking. He ate everywhere he could and worked everywhere he could in his home. After his workday was over, he told me he'd spend an hour or so watching movies at the end of the night before going to bed. His cravings, they were rampant. They seemed to come at random He got them while taking a work call. He'd get them while out with his friends. He'd get them while watching movies. And they'd get so bad that he'd have to really concentrate on pushing food out of his mind. Eventually, he'd end up craving in. And then, of course, it'd be whatever was quickest and easiest for him to get his hands on. This really prevented him from losing weight as he felt he had to overeat during those times. And that's when the impulse was at its greatest. Second client was a busy mom who was working from home all the time. 
I'm actually super proud of this amazing woman as she was already doing what was three jobs before she joined our home loan reboot program. In my opinion, being a parent is like a full-time job. So that's why I say three. So she's mama two, full-time job and baking cakes on the side. Freaking superstar. Anyhow, it's easy to say that she was on the go a lot, but even though her routine was always fluctuating, it was always different. Her cravings were almost the exact same every day. She'd start the day off great with no cravings at all. Then a craving would start around 1 to 2 p.m., around the time where all of her back-to-back work meetings were held. Normally, it was for something sugary. As other things, she would really stop the feeling that she had. As it got later into the evening, around 9 to 10 p.m., her cravings were super bad. But instead, it was all about having salty foods. Her wind-down time had her raiding the cupboards for any type of cracker or go for salted meats in the fridge. So as you can hear, these two clients, they have two totally separate kinds of cravings, and those cravings have come on for different reasons. It's not because you haven't had food in a while. When people crave food, it's not the food item itself, but the craving instead is for the habit or for the nourishment that the food provides. So I want to talk about habitual craving first. In this 24-hour work and cell phone dependent lifestyle, it's common for people to want to multitask multiple things just to get more time to relax or to bring more efficiency in the day. But our body actually wasn't designed for multitasking at all and instead was built on the four separate signals from our fight and flight response. There's the signal of rest, the signal of work, the signal of eat, and the signal of play. These signals are meant to be done at separate times in order for the body to easily discern and understand how to give the body's energy and how to perform tasks. So how do cravings apply to this? Well, people mix the signal of eat with rest, work, and play. So I'm going to give you some examples here. So in terms of eat and rest, let's say you're resting on the couch and every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you pick those as your movie night. So you're sitting there, you're resting, and of course, you're going to have a bowl of popcorn. You might have some chips. You might even eat dinner on the couch. Well, what ends up happening is, is now eat and rest become one single signal. So the body does not know how eat and rest are separate. So whenever you go to do that single thing, whether it's eating or resting, the body goes, well, normally we're on the couch. And when we're on the couch, we eat food. So that must mean that I'm hungry. Am I hungry? And so you get that signal for a craving. In terms of the craving signal for eat and work, well, A lot of people multitasking working from home tend to work from their cell phones or work from their laptops. They tend to work in the kitchen and kitchen is where you normally eat. So what ends up happening is is the signal for eat and work combines where every time you have to do something at work, every time you pull out your cell phone, every time you check an email at a certain time, the body goes, well, every time I do this, I'm normally eating something. So it's going to ask you that question again. Am I hungry? If so, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to get that craving for food. Now, in terms of the craving for eat and play, this tends to be a confusing one because play is from the signal fight or flight. This could be during your workouts. This could be during any enjoyment. Typically, people like to celebrate things with food, and that's how this becomes combined. So you have a sports event and then you go out for ice cream afterwards. Great. Every time you play soccer, now you're hungry. 
or someone is celebrating a birthday. So what do you do? You celebrate it with food. You combine eat with play. And because of that, those signals get really mixed up and then it prevents you from having separate signals. So all of these mixing signals means that the body thinks that food should either be eaten every single time you do one of those things. And this was one of the first struggles that the first gentleman with the online business that he had. So these habit tied cravings, they are random in nature because they fluctuate with your habits and your lifestyle. So the moment you shift the habit, the cravings tied to the habit actually change with it. Now, habitual craving isn't a craving for food, but more of a, hey, should we be eating right now? Confirmation. So if you feel that the body needs to be fed for food, then you've subconsciously confirmed yes, making that craving and the habit stronger. This is why habit pattern mapping is so important. So this is one of the first things that I teach clients when they join our reboot program. It is habit pattern mapping. So this is what I call the root and rewire process that looks at habits and routines to help separate the signals so we can make those cravings go away. We detach and split all of the signals. So for clients who have habit-based cravings, we can normally get the craving free within three to four weeks, which is crazy as some people have had the struggle for cravings for like two plus years sometimes. But once we change the habits, it makes it easier to focus on the food routine and movement to make the weight come down and then those hormones to be balanced as well. So habit change is definitely the easier of the two, but what about hormonal cravings? So hormonal cravings are easy to determine, but they take a bit longer to fix. And that is because this type of craving is due to nutrient deficiencies. So either those deficiencies are in the moment or are built up over time, but either way, the lack of nutrients is there and that person's body had to then ask for those nutrients to be eaten. The common ask from a hormonal energy perspective is sugar and salt. Simple, huh? So the body's going to ask for sugar when it needs raw energy in the moment. And that is because sugar is the simplest fuel that the body doesn't have to do any work whatsoever to break down and get energy from. It's almost a straight one-to-one -one ration of energy out and energy in. The body asks for sugar for a few reasons. Could be that you're too low on carbs and you don't have enough glycogen gas in your energy tank. And glycogen is basically a form of sugar that our bodies store for fuel during the day. So if it's too low or running on reserves, then your body's going to start to ask for more sugar to top it up. It could also be that you're a little insulin resistance, which means the cells in your body have a hard time using that glucose or that gas for energy. Either way, your body's going to want sugar and it'll ask for it when your gas tank and energy is at its lowest. So normally that's about midday through the day or under high stress periods. Now, as for the salt, your body will ask for salt as cravings under high periods of stress, or when your body is overusing a single hormone in the body. So salt is used as the body for your thyroid, and it acts like a building block for many hormones that your body can create. So it's only understandable that if the body is short a particular hormone, that it asks for a building block to try and make one on the spot. There are many hormones in the body that convert into others, and the body is pretty good at assessing and breaking down one hormone into another if needed. The only challenge with this is that if you don't have the salt, the body is going to end up asking for it, and that's where the hormonal craving comes into play. 
So the reason why I mentioned high stress aligns with this is because high stress makes you use more cortisol and then your adrenal glands have to keep putting out excess hormones to try and cope with what's going on. That eventually ends up in your thyroid having to pick up the slack and normally the cravings for salt, they start to appear. So those cravings are for salt are going to be for later in the evening when the hormones are depleted or if someone is chronically in a stress state where the body can no longer cope. For hormonal cravings, I see these all the time with clients, but that is simply because I'm helping people balance their hormones. So it kind of makes sense if their metabolism's out of whack and they're having some whack craving for sugar and salt. And this was the struggle of the at-home mom that I talked about. So she struggled with essentially the hormonal side of cravings because she had high amounts of stress and there were these high peak windows. The good news is, is that the hormonal cravings can be dealt with as well. So we do this by addressing the nutrient low and work on speeding up the metabolism using some thermogenic foods. That way the body can start to output more energy and become more efficient at using the hormones it makes. So these are the two types. Now let's give some tips to help you determine if in fact you have cravings and then you can start to address them to crush your goals. So first off, you need to determine whether it's habitual or hormonal for these cravings. So I want you to track when the craving happens and what you ate during that time. This is going to help you understand whether it's during something you could do or if it's under certain conditions that we spoke about. Second, when the craving appears, I want you to attempt to misdirect or cancel a possible habit. So what that means is if you sit on the couch and your craving appears, get right back up and then spend 15 minutes doing something else completely different. If that craving goes away, then it may have been a habit-based craving. Now, if it's still there or it comes back stronger, then it may in fact be hormonal. Lastly, I want you to make an attempt to fill your stomach right before acknowledging the craving. So when the craving comes up, the easiest way to do this is drink a full glass of water quickly. So this is going to fill the stomach temporarily right up. And if you are really, truly hungry, then the body's still going to ask for food. But if it was a habit-based craving, then the craving is going to die down immediately. So you can use these three things to assess your cravings. That way you can start to work on them slowly like my clients did. Remember, I want you to know if you're still stuck with your health and your hormone journey and you're not sure where to start or what health changes are best for you, you can reach out to me via the show notes or apply to work with me at www.fit, the number four, allfitness.com. So that's fit number four, allfitness.com. There you can book a free consultation with me and see if the hormone reboot program is a good fit for your health and wellness goals. Well, it seems I'm all out of info juice for today. That's all for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a raving review for me if you've learned something good. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you're in the mood for some more great content and tools to get your hormones on track, why not check out our free Facebook group and the blog on our site. We do amazing weekly trainings in our group that me and my wife call Tea and Teachings that give good tips for anything hormones and metabolism related. It's also a great community where you get to share your goals and success with like-minded people just like you. I'll make sure to drop both the Facebook group link and the blog link in the show notes for you. Um, Or if you're ambitious like me, the name of the group is Weight Loss and Balanced Hormones. 
Uh, it'll say fit for all beside it with a picture of me. So come and join us and have more fun.